Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This week we have a user request to talk about memorizing courses, and I'm going to broaden that a little bit because I think there's a few related topics to this. And to me, this isn't just about memorizing a course. Uh, It also includes getting lost on course for kind of forgetting what you were doing or forgetting what your plan was or, you know, just kind of otherwise flaking. It's sort of that feeling that you're like, okay, I knew this a minute ago and now I don't know this. What happens? So I am going to circle back to some things I talk about when I talk about fear. And while this doesn't seem like memorizing a course or not being able, feeling like you're not able to memorize a course or memorize even what you need to do or your plan or what have you, um, it is related to fear in that when we are stressed or feel performance anxiety or are afraid we're going to screw up the course, um, we are engaging some of those fear responses in our body. And you've heard me talk about this before, so um, by now you're getting really good at it. You probably could explain this uh, yourself. But one of the things that happens is because in that moment, what happens is you, and I'm just this short for those of you who've like, are like, yeah, 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 we know. But, um, you know, what happens is, is your the frontal lobe thinks about something um, that the frontal lobe is in charge of planning. Okay, among other things and rationale and reason and things like that, but it's it's planning. So it's sort of it's the one that can imagine, the one that can look out in the future. In other words, the one that can worry. <laughs> okay, so that front part of your brain is responsible for all the worry, all the making up of disasters, um, you know, all of those things that like could go wrong. Oh my God, this might happen. That's your frontal lobe. And what happens is sometimes your frontal lobe sees something or the front part of your brain sees something and it sends a kind of a notice back to the midbrain and be like, hey, can you weigh in on this? Because like, should I be afraid of this? Like, is this a thing? And if your midbrain just, I don't know, I've sort of like, uh, I don't know, I cartoonize, not that that's a word, but I sort of cartoonize this moment and like I picture someone at a cartoon desk saying like, well, let me check. Let me see if this is something we should be afraid of. Yes, oh my God, be very afraid. And when it does that, it sort of stamps the piece of paper that says, yes, be afraid. And it sends it backwards to the back of your brain, your amygdala, otherwise known as your lizard brain. And your lizard brain keeps you breathing, right? You don't necessarily have to think about breathing. Um, You don't have to think about your heart moving. You don't have to think about your blood pumping. Your amygdala helps with all that stuff. Well, what happens when the front brain sees something and is like, should I care about this? And the midbrain says, absolutely, be very afraid. The amygdala is like, I got it. Stand back, hold my beer, I got this. And so the amygdala is responsible for a whole bunch of things, uh, making your heart go faster, 
quickening your breath, um, and diverting blood flow, along with flooding your system with hormones like cortisol and other things. And But let's go back to that blood flow thing for a minute because up to 30% of your blood flow is diverted away from things like your frontal lobe, that thing that, you know, also not only does like fear planning, um, but also is responsible for like rational thought and memory and remembering the course and those kinds of things. So what happens is, is when we get fearful, we actually are diverting blood or our amygdala is for us, thanks, not helpful, um, away from some of that cognitive reasoning that we really need to remember our course, to remember our plan, to remember what it is that we really wanted to do. And so there is a physical reason that you potentially are having trouble while you're on course remembering what you're supposed to do next, okay? So I wanna start with that before we get into solutions. I wanna start with that because you're not broken, it's not you know some fault that you have. Um, it is true that some people are better at like spatial relationship things or remembering seeing paths or seeing trends or seeing things. There are definitely some people who are better at it than others just kind of naturally. But that fear that you're going to forget it and then of course then you do because it's a little bit of self-fulfilling is your physiological response to being stressed and then diverting some of that blood flow away from the frontal lobe. It's not all of it, okay? But it is some of it. And I just want you to know that like something is happening. The reason that's important is we can do things to stop that process. We can do things to fire that front part of our brain back into action and be rational and think and help us, okay? And so um, we're going to get to that and I'm going to tell you what to do. But I find that for some people, when I tell them like, hey, it's not you, it's your blood flow, <laughs> you know, that they kind of go like, oh, okay, so this isn't something that's permanently broken or I'll never be able to keep my course in my head or anything. I'm like, nope, this is something we can work on. This is a skill. Okay, so that is one aspect of it. It's one potential aspect of it. The second part is, is like some people, it's not maybe logical or it doesn't stick in their brains or they can't remember patterns. And you will know if you are someone that this applies to because being in the ring on a course, maybe it's agility, maybe even you're memorizing your rally course. Or for me, I, I really like to memorize my draft carding courses. I like to know that stuff. Um, for some people, it just is a lot harder, okay? I grew up memorizing courses because I rode horses, and so I was able to sort of learn that pattern and the flow and see trends and consistent patterns. And so that was came easier to me, um, but it doesn't mean it's not learnable and, and can be learned as you would a skill, but it's gonna take practice. But like I said, you're probably seeing in other areas of your life that you just don't re remember patterns or trends or maybe even directions or something else. So the point is, is to look at it throughout your life because that means you get to practice it more, right? Like if you have trouble remembering directions, you can practice this 
part of your, you know, awakening sort of this part of your mind, your thinking by working on it in other times of the day, right? The more you can work on it, the stronger you're going to get, okay? So let's talk about that part first. So on a course, what you want to start to look at is flow. And if you can learn to look for flow and look for logic and the things that are going to make sense, like if the line is bending in a certain way or in rally you're headed into a corner, you're either going to have to turn or turn around or do something, right? And so if you can start to look for like what is logical, what are some of the the patterns that are coming up that make sense, that could be something for you. The other thing that comes up in an agility ring for sure is color. Does it make sense for you to have like a pink, you know, pink jump, purple jump, red jump kind of of, of a thing? Um, or if the contacts are involved, does that make sense for you? So think about what are some of the patterns you can start to recognize. The thing I like to do is I like to have sections. I like to think about my courses in sections and that makes it a little easier sometimes also to memorize, but not only just memorize the course, but but remember what I, what handling maneuvers I'm going to need. Oh, it's a blind cross here, it's a front cross there, it's a rear cross you know, here. Um, and then remember, of course, what you want to do. I mean, there's so much to remember that no wonder the course is slipping away from you. Um, another reason that happens, and it's all kind of intertwined, so I know this is maybe a little bit of a messy conversation, but it is entwined, is that I think the other reason people have trouble remembering courses is they're so focused on what they need to do that they forget sort of where they're going. And I think that again, you know, trying to look for the flow of the line, for instance, and setting the lines for the dog, which of course that is more logical for them in the way that they respond and the way they make decisions. But if we can sort of set the line for them and sort of think about a flow, it then becomes easier, especially if you do it in a section, to remember what it is that you have to do within context of the course. What I find is when I watch people, especially in class um, or even on, on, at a trial, but especially in class where they're, they really lose the course because they're trying so hard to work on a handling maneuver or they're trying so hard to make sure their dog does X, Y, Z. And even in rally, I see, you know, the signs are right there, right? The, you, you think, how hard could this be? The signs are right there. I see people get lost in rally too because they're so focused on another aspect or, you know, the dog or the maneuver or what, again, the handling skill that they lose sight of where they are. And it's, it's both a disconnect in a sense, but it's also you're trying to hold so many things in your head at once and you're seeing them as disparate things, or your brain is really seeing them as disparate things. So how do you connect them? How do you get in flow with this? How do you sort of make this all logically make sense? Okay, a whole bunch of things, right? And I'm going to start giving you just this caveat. I want you to understand these are ideas. Not all of these things will work for everybody, um, you might pick one, try it, pick another one, try it, smush two together, find out that that's your magic ingredient. I also do know that there's been some other programs out there that work on 
course memorization specifically. So if that's something you're interested, definitely seek it out. Um, I cannot, of course, of course I cannot, um, think about who offers one. It, um, so just maybe Google it or check some of the, the big ones like, you know, One Mind Dog or Bad Dog Agility or even Fenzy or something like that. They might be offering some of those. Just go to Google. When in doubt, Google. Um, but what I would work on if it were me is I'd work on starting with memorizing all kinds of things, you know, um, directions is a really good one because you're getting that sense of like right, left, up, down, backwards, forwards. Of course, um, the other thing to do is grab some course maps or take pictures, right? Because nowadays that uh, aren't printing course maps anymore, which is, you know, post COVID, but also probably great for the trees. And um, just take a bunch of pictures on your phone and look at a map and then memorize it. And some people, though, that doesn't work either because they're like, oh, it looks so different in person. Okay, it might. So then keep that course map of something that you ran so that you can actually imagine it because you ran that course. You actually can start to imagine like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is just serving as a memory. Let me see if I can remember the course. You have to practice memory a little bit, right? And you have to find a trick that works for you. So let's let's brainstorm some tricks. Let's brainstorm some things that work together. The first thing is start to see things in a flow or in sections, right? So and I and I'm combining those two because often I think that like okay, so one through five sort of bend to the left a little bit and then come back right and that's when I need to put my handling cue there. Okay, that's a section. Start to think of that as a section. And then maybe once they go into the tunnel, okay, now I start another section. So as you are learning the course, you know, break it up into chunks and use things like tunnels or contacts or a double or a triple to sort of serve as those moments where you break up the course. And that way you're running a section and you're doing the handling th skills that you need to do in that section. You're remembering maybe five obstacles, then you have a section break, and then you're remembering the next five, maybe another section break and the next five, okay? So that could be something to play with, all right? The other thing is to maybe try, like I said, color or visual. You know, all of these things are really going to depend on, are you a visual learner or are, do you, are you someone who learns by reading? Are you someone who, uh, you know, is very kinetic, so you have to touch it, you have to see it, you have to walk it, you have to feel it. Um, can you translate a piece of paper or a course map, whether it's, again, rally or agility or something, can you translate that? Or does that, like, you're like, you know what? That doesn't work for me. It breaks my brain. I'm the person who like turns the map around in the car. You know, that doesn't work for me. Great. Then don't try. Don't try to take on other people's methods that won't work for you. Okay. Um, all right. So other things to try are, you know, maybe do your, you know, use your handling moves as some of your sections or like well, I do one, two, three, then I do a, a front cross. Got it. Then I do four, five, six. Then I do a whatever. Okay. So that could work trying to find a rhythm. This is, if you have trouble memorizing courses, you need to also separate when do you have trouble? Do you have trouble memorizing courses when you are doing something easy? You know, um, maybe you're just doing like, you know, a, a 
a figure eight kind of a, a, a design? Like, is there, is there a pattern? And when you're running a figure eight, you're like, no, 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 I got that. That's easy. It's only when fill in the blank that I forget the course. And that is going to tell you a lot because if you are very comfortable remembering courses in class, um, um, but then you only forget those courses even in class when you are fill in the blank, trying to learn a new skill. Okay. What that's telling you is that your brain is not, um, we don't really multitask. So I always hate to use the word, but your, your brain is not really wanting to do the two things at once, meaning focus on that new handling skill that you're trying to try and learn and incorporate while also remembering where you're going. Okay. Because your focus is so intense on trying to be right about that handling skill. Okay. But in that moment, I'm going to suggest that you're probably also not as connected to your dog either because again, you're focused on yourself, right? You know, this happens a lot. I watch it actually happen a lot in obedience, believe it or not, when people are really working on their footwork. Okay. People don't necessarily, unless you do obedience, unless you know, you know, but um, if, if you don't do obedience, you don't realize there, there actually is a lot of footwork that really can be helpful. And you can totally tell when someone's worried about your footwork because their dog is like, hello, hello, I'm here. Like, are you connected to me? Do you remember my name? Right? So we could be disconnecting from our dog as well when we are so focused on our own handling move and the skill that we are trying to do. So think about, is that the time where you forget the course when you're really focused on yourself or do you forget the course when you're under pressure or rushed or what have you? So start to really get some awareness about when you forget either the course and or your plan for the course. I think they're probably pretty closely related and that will be very telling because if you're like, no, 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 I just can't remember any courses ever, then okay, then you're one of those people that probably also doesn't remember directions that well. You just like know it and just drive it maybe, or you couldn't explain it to somebody else or something like that. Again, you can work on that in other ways, practice that at other times. That is a skill of focus and of memorization that you can work on. Okay. But if it's one of those answers that where you're like, no, 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 when I'm just uber focused on a handling move, that's when I forget the course. Okay. That's fine. That just tells me it's a, it's a focus thing. And you need to learn to be able to focus on a couple things at once. All right. Again, we can practice these things. All right. The final one is if you say like, no, no, it's only when I get in a, in a course environment at a trial, I just lose it. I just, I, I, it doesn't happen at home. I just lose it. That's when we go back to the beginning of this conversation and what fear slash stress slash anxiety, performance anxiety, whatever you want to call it in this moment is actually doing to your brain physically. Okay. You are literally at a deficit in a sense, because you literally do not have the blood flow going to the parts of the brain that you need to remember to do all the things. And sure, this can also be happening in class. If you feel under pressure, if you're trying to practice pressure, uh, you know, if you're trying to practice these kind of high intensity moments, or maybe you just get really nervous in class, you know, because you're like, Oh my God, these other people are so good and I'm not. And Ah, I feel judged or nervous or whatever, but that all turns on our anxiety. So you could be feeling that in class. All right. Um, those of you who are instructors, be listening for cues 
or like people that you know that are in your class and you could help them in, in some of these ways, right? Okay, so again, if fear, anxiety is coming up, if you're realizing that like, oh, wait, I might have that physiological thing she talked about where the blood flow does the thing with the thing, like I might, that might be me. All right, so how do we get out of that? Okay, well, we have talked about this in different contexts before on this podcast. So those of you who are paying attention might be able to answer this just in your car. But um, we want to get thinking again. We need to kick that rational, um, thinky part of our brain back into gear. And so how do we do that? We can do that through breathing. Sounds simple, but part of the reason breathing works is because... Um, it signals to our bodies that like, hey, 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 no bear, no bear is chasing you right now. You are in control of your breath. You are able to take long, slow, deep breaths. And if a bear was chasing you, you wouldn't be able to do that. So we must be safe. This is good. Okay. So that's one strategy. Another strategy is to ask somebody around you, um, to like engage you in a conversation. Okay, like about anything and ask you to remember your breakfast or something like that or like, where'd you get those pants? That's something I'll do to myself. I'll think about, ooh, like I'm getting out of my head a little bit. I'm feeling a little like flighty. Like I feel when I start to get there, I feel like light, like the opposite of grounded. <laughs> you know, I feel sort of like floaty and flighty and just like I can't keep my mind focused. So when my preference for what to do is yes some deep breaths but also I'll look down at like what I'm wearing and be like where did I get these pants and something as simple as that question is something your brain has to think about it has to use memory it has to employ your frontal cortex the front part of your brain to do that and so it helps get the blood flow moving to the front of your brain because you're physiologically your brain your body says whoa, 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 we're being asked a question. We're being asked a question. Somebody get the blood flow going so that we can answer this question. And you want to make them simple questions. Don't ask me the square root of 64. Um, just, you know, just simple questions that you can answer, okay? Um, so that's another one. Distraction, that's a third one. Go for a walk. Go get your, take your mind off it. Go think about something else. Um Go shopping at a vendor, go, I don't know, clean out your purse, right? Just go do something very different to distract yourself so that again, you get out of that fear mode because you need to get thinking again. And when you feel that you are thinking again, then think about your course, sit there and do some visualization in the form of like memorization, right? Like visualize your course, visualize like, oh, where do I go? One, two, three, four. Great go on, right? This is where I'm going to do my rear. This is where I'm going to do my blind. This is what have you, okay? Um, and that will help. The final thing, I said the V word, visualization. So, you know, again, teaching your brain to stay with something and stay with that. And once you walk the course, like running it back through in your mind a few times, um, the difference is, is you have to do it from a state of calm. If you are running it back through your mind in like a state of like, oh my God, panic, ah, that's like cramming for a test, right? That's that same energy where you're like, oh, I just have to remember this for the next 45 minutes and then I'll be fine, you know, thinking about like, you know, a class or something um, instead of thinking about a course, which really is only a minute or so long, okay? 
So those are like, again, I brainstormed a bunch of strategies with you. You know, a couple of those may work. I really think that the a part of the, the hidden gem in this is to figure out when it is that you have trouble remembering your plan, remembering the course, remembering your name, right? Sounds silly, but like in those moments when we get so taken out by our anxiety, our nerves, our ring nerves, we do have trouble remembering simple things, okay? So start with that. Are you always like this? Do you always can't remember how to get to the grocery store, get lost in your own neighborhood, you know, kind of a thing? It could be because your mind is elsewhere. Try to find out the root of it because by finding out when it happens and why it happens and under what kind of circumstances, you'll be much more equipped to make it better, right? To work on it, to make it a skill and to make it a focus. I know sometimes when I'm in class, you know, um, we send out the maps ahead of time for this one class and let's be honest, sometimes I don't look at it and I'll get there and I'll be like, you know, we have a choice of courses and I'll walk it, but sometimes you feel rushed. And sometimes you feel like you don't have enough time to really do what you need to do. Maybe you're a person who needs to walk it extra because you really need to get it in your head. So again, that's a thing you can practice or that's a thing you can develop awareness around like, ah, got it. And when I feel rushed, it completely, you know, blows my game plan, you know, or something. Okay. I really believe that a lot of the key for you to practice and and get better at this as a skill is going to come from your awareness about when it's triggered. Okay, does that make sense? I think the key is in there. So also instructors, if you have students who are always getting lost on your course or what have you, like try to figure out when that is that they're happy. Are you asking them to learn a new skill? Are you asking them to do something out of their comfort zone and like two seconds ago, they were fine and now they can't remember the course. It's probably because their focus is elsewhere. So can you work on the skill separate of making it a complicated course, for instance, right? Um, and how can you encourage them to work on their course memorization and realizing that it's not necessarily about memorization for everybody. Um, you might have someone who just needs to figure it out in flow or in chunks or things like that. So could be a really great seminar for you to have. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I hope that helps my listener who asked me. And to that person also, thank you for clicking on the uh, little buy me a coffee link. I'm just really grateful and touched that you did that. And um, as it says there, you actually, it's a couple slices of pizza, or actually I did buy a new sound contraption for this podcast. So um, whenever you all do that, it does help the podcast. So I appreciate that. And I thank you for the questions. Keep them coming. I always need great topics and always want to be helpful to you all. And I just hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. 
Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.